Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kim Greenhouse, and welcome to a commentary about liberation and ownership. And really, it's no accident that I'm doing this commentary on January 1st, kicking off 2014, and honoring Oprah Winfrey and the start of the Oprah Winfrey Network, referred to as OWN. I wanted to talk a little bit about broadcasting, podcasting, the paradox of free online communities, what I think it's going to take to have what's called the liberation of media. And I want to talk candidly about what I feel are Oprah's and any network in the world, their biggest challenges and what the opportunity is with these challenges. Firstly, I want to wish you all a happy new year, great health, tremendous prosperity, joy and happiness of your spirit, and that you find the right people to move in your life with. There's actualizing and there's indwelling with those while it's underway. And it has been my experience that when you indwell with people while you're in a critical waiting period, it's very important to wait with the right people and respect the organic process of waiting. You and I live in a world where rainmaking is considered a make-it-happen thing, and yes, there's a huge part of that, but one of the most important parts of rainmaking is the ability to organically wait on good timing and good conditions in which to move and navigate. Today's commentary is to talk about my experience producing a show online for four years along with Andrew Abong and what my assessment is about what's happening in online communities around the world. I'm delighted that we have the internet. It's an incredible gift for all of us to meet each other and get to know each other no matter how short-lived that might be. Things can happen that would never otherwise happen, so I feel very grateful that we have an internet. I also appreciate the availability of free content in writing and in video and in podcasting. And I want to thank all the people who've been providing it all over the world and the people who feel that their work is not acknowledged or that feel that their work isn't going anywhere. I want to acknowledge the people that feel frustrated with looking at how to monetize things online. It is a challenge. And I'm going to talk about some compelling things that I think if more people actually focused on it, we could all break through online broadcasting and podcasting and a totally different form of monetization can occur. I have always felt that until broadcasters have an ability to speak about whatever they're called to speak about and the subjects that are near and dear to them, we are living in a very controlled, very censored media environment. I experienced this for five years. Now, this is not to open the new year complaining, but just to assess that Mohammed Yunus, the founder of the Grameen Bank, the only banking system that gave loans to the poorest of the poor, the Nobel Peace Prize winner in 2006, he was of very little interest to people when I interviewed him compared to where he is now. And I was turned down. I actually interviewed him. I wasn't even on the air, sent it all over the United States. And the media networks were not interested, by the way, public and private. They weren't interested in a show about solutions and discoveries or breakthroughs and this whole realm of new knowledge. If it weren't for the internet, it's rainmaking time wouldn't be here. And so many other very good shows wouldn't be here. So in the spirit of gratitude, I want to say thank you because there was no outlet for me and there was no outlet for this. I also want to thank Andrew Abong. 
if he were not there to make things possible for me and for the show to be expressed and my company, the Rainmaking Company, you wouldn't see anything because there's no way I would become a programmer or learn software to do this. It's not my thing. I mean, I know a lot about the online world, but I'm not a programmer. And I also want to thank him for the incredible job he's been doing for four years editing the show. Andy, I just want to say to you, God bless you, man. God bless you. You are my true brother and digital minister of all time. And it's rainmaking time. Owes you major, major kudos. Heartfelt thank you to you. And everybody should know that. I want to tell you that in the broadcasting world, it is so complex. It is so political. It is so controlled. I can remember people asking me what my political stance was and what my religious affiliation is, even prior to looking at their contracts. And it's a scary thing because if you're not doing a political show and you're not doing a religious show, why are you being asked that question? This is what I've met with time and time again. Like, did I fit with their stuff? So I just want to say to you that what sells in broadcasting for talk is part of a mix that has to do with advertising and finance. And typically speaking, it's extremely expensive. So there's this catch 22. People want to know who's your demographic, who's your audience, who's your marketplace. Do you have an already existing market? But if you can communicate and you can attract people and you can get people thinking and talking, that's a skill in and of itself. And if you can bring people together that would never otherwise talk to each other or even be compelled to talk to each other or be willing to talk to each other, that is a skill. And so these are the kind of things that are needed in the media, in broadcasting, in podcasting. Andy and I have been doing this for four years now and not charging anybody anything, no membership fee to come in because where we come from about it is we want to grow the distribution organically We want people to share the show and to comment, good or bad, and to give their input. Of course, we prefer happy input, but whatever it is, we prefer the input as long as it's, you know, not swearing and heavily violating. But the thing is, if you don't have a critical mass of the people that are listening to the show, working inside a commitment to expand the show by commenting, by going to iTunes and YouTube, by going to itsrainmakingtime.com, putting your feedback and donating... If there's not a donation-based mentality of listeners that recognize that listener-supported radio or television is one of the few ways in which we will become liberated from a very controlled broadcasting atmosphere and structure, part of the paradox of all this is that in online communities, most of the marketplace is used to receiving now free content. We're being trained to expect free and to be so discerning over who's paying $10 to whom with many, many more choices, a flooded environment of voices and images and content that it's highly competitive. If you didn't grow up with a family that donated and that contributed to the things they believed in, or you think that the people that you listen to that you get value from don't need it, and you really want to see the media become liberated from an advertising matrix and structure and consciousness which bans anything and everything which is not part of the structural establishment, if you want to see information and knowledge 
If you want to see discoveries and breakthroughs, new forms of creation, new ways of doing things, and you want it to go viral, you want it to become more mainstream, the issue of donating is an imperative. And by not acting, you have either forced the person who's delivering the show to continue to finance it all themselves or sell advertising. After four years, it's rainmaking time recognized that when very few people donated, maybe there's something with the consciousness of the listening public that needs an update. If you really want to support something that you say you get value from, send a check. You don't want to use the Internet? Don't use the Internet. Wire the funds. Use Western Union. Pay with gold money. If you're into Bitcoins, I'm still evaluating Bitcoin. We're going to do a show about them very soon. There's always a way to donate and actually make a commitment to supporting the work that you say is so valuable. More than ever will be required for people not just to say the stuff that they value, but to step up and put their money where they say their value is. I get letters every day thanking us for what we're doing. But all those thank you letters in four years amounted to very few donations. It's interesting. Now, I don't go on every show and say, please donate. I didn't plug it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't say, if you want this to go really big, we need you to donate. Maybe I should have. The other thing is that we've offered voice advertising. And in voice advertising, first of all, we're not going to take anybody whose product, whose business or service we either A, are not aligned with, or B, we don't like, or we have a bad feeling about it, or there's something wrong with it. We consider ourselves like the Nordstrom of broadcasting, and we're not going to have advertisers that don't have great products. We're just not going to do it, and we're not going to do it even if we need them. We have to be aligned with what they're about. We have to really get that they have a great product, and the way they do business is upstanding. So we're raising the vibration of the advertising milieu. That requires discernment skills, research skills, packaging skills, marketing skills, But it also requires leadership, truth-telling, and putting the product and the company and the people through a screening process to make sure we have very high standard of advertisers. That doesn't mean we have to be involved with everybody that advertises with us. We may disagree with their science or something. You know, we don't have to agree on every single thing. But if they have a good product, they're good people that are stewarding that product, that company, then we want to meet you. We want to know about you. And I would love to do a voice advertisement for you. Voice advertising is not quite a testimonial, but if it's done properly, it lets its rainmaking time listeners know your product exists and contextualizes it. It's coherent with the rest of the show and it's appealing to listen to. It draws you in. It doesn't make you want to turn the thing off. I want to invite the listeners to consider having the rainmaking company design an ad for you and then to deliver it on its rainmaking time. Since most advertising is incoherent compared to what kind of programming is on, in order to have good advertising via voice, it's imperative that it's coherent and that it does something to inspire the listener to check out your product, service, business. It calls them to action. To be effective, the person doing the broadcasting needs a voice of clarity and trust and leadership. So I want to invite you to do that. I also want to invite people that have a good product, service, or business who may not be ready for voice advertising yet to place your banner ads on its rainmaking time. 
Banner ads come in different sizes. You can go to its rainmaking time and click advertise, and it explains the whole thing. But one of the things I want to share with all of you in the online communities is that a lot of people don't know how to do the banner advertising correctly, don't have images that are exciting. And then when people get to your website, that's a whole other thing. So getting people to click through is one thing. Getting people to recognize the ad is another thing. Whether they're clicking or not, seeing your company over and over makes a huge difference for brand awareness. And I did a neuromarketing session with a gentleman and we talked about how the public still does not understand the power and the benefit of banner advertising if it's done properly and they use it properly. Let's say you have 50,000 people coming in a month to its rainmaking time and they see the banner ads there every single time they go. They are in the person's subconscious when they come to the show. They may not click it yet, but it's there. And that makes a difference. So I really want to invite potential advertisers to click the advertise button on the left-hand side of its rainmaking time underneath my picture and take a look at it. Because if you have a good product, service, or business, I want to know about you and I want people to know about you. The free consciousness expected in the consumer marketplace is a paradox because on one hand, we're learning all this stuff, we get all this content, we get all these goodies, but we also are more resistant to paying for the value that we're getting. And so because there's many more choices, people are more reluctant to contribute. We live in that world right now. The online marketplace is powerful, but it's also fickle. I want to invite you to become more active with its rainmaking time. Now, with respect to the liberation of the media, the liberation of the media will never happen until a new industrial complex of broadcasting is properly visioned, distilled and clarified, financed in a way that is unencumbered, that has nothing to do with a debt system, but has to do with delivering content in a way that frees humanity to think clearly, discern, to grow, something that provides more opportunities and occasions for cooperation, collaboration, and leadership. And I'm not just saying those words. I have to take my hat off to Oprah Winfrey She is a great interviewer, and she's one of the biggest successes in the world in the area of broadcasting. I want to say that I am sure the first two years of OWN were shaky, the Oprah Winfrey Network. And I think and I feel that she found out that setting up the monetization part of a new network is its own challenge. That unless you want to have the same old, same old advertisers that control everything on all the networks anyway, you have to think not just outside the box, outside the universe in which this is done. It has to be purposed for something totally different. And you can say, I'm purposing this network for good, for upliftment, for inspiration, which OWN is. But there are a lot of shows that will never, ever get on OWN. In order to free broadcasting, we have to liberate the broadcast environment, which starts with how a person brings their show to a network. How do you tell the network you have a show? 
There's a whole legal shtick that goes on a dance. When Oprah Winfrey opened OWN, I called the network. And again, it's totally different when you say I have an idea versus I'm already producing a show. I've been producing it for four years. These are approximately how many people that listen. These are the stuff that's covered. This is what happened. By the way, what happened with OWN happens with all of them. I asked to speak to either a producer or head of programming, et cetera, because I believe the personal approach is best. And what is a producer host going to do if they're not in the click of the people that own and run that network? They're going to pick up the phone. But what I was directed to do was go online to own and sign a long, insane contract. Totally insane, giving away my show. This is a standard operating procedure of all the networks. Unless you're in with somebody there, they're not going to talk to you and you are already starting your relationship in a legal environment. I'm sorry. I feel that that has to go. We have to melt that part of the protocol and process away. We need alchemy. And the alchemy starts there. Now, I understand from the network experience, they are advised from their legal side Don't let anybody pitch an idea because if we decide to do it in-house, they could sue us. I totally get that. But somewhere between the ability to present and the ability for the network to do their own stuff is a resolution. It's somewhere in between. But it's not, hi, Kim Greenhouse. You've been producing shows for four years online. You've had 400 guests. And you've interviewed people all over the world in every profession imaginable, including Nobel Prize winners. And our network won't talk to you, won't take a call from you. You, since you're not in with Oprah Winfrey, you have to sign this long, insanely parasitic contract. I was horrified. This is not about Oprah Winfrey because it's not her fault. She has to rely on her legal team. Now, This is the next part of the liberation of broadcasting. This is happening right at the door called Hello. Hello, Oprah Winfrey Network. I'm Kim Greenhouse with It's Rainmaking Time. I'm not pitching idea. I've been in production four years. That is a different conversation. Or anybody else that's been in production that wants to send what they're already doing. Not I have an idea. That's a different body of manifestation. And I feel and know that the far-reaching advanced networks which are coming will create a space to adapt a new hello process and work with generative legal counsel who says we will build something differently to invite a totally different kind of programming and advertising. It starts at the door called hello. Most people are not in a financial position to figure that out. They may figure out some of the solutions for it, But I am suggesting that somebody like Oprah Winfrey spend the money and put a brain team together that actually breaks that piece through. When that piece is broken through, more good, more products, more solutions and discoveries will find their way to the world and finally have access. 
The media will not be liberated. Any new media will not be liberated in traditional broadcasting, whether you're coming through television, radio, or satellite, until first we start at the door called hello. Totally different process of hello. So when the Kim Greenhouses of the world pick up the phone to you, there's a human being or there's an email where you can send something without signing a lying contract. We don't even have an association yet. And I'm asked to sign a contract. Now, I don't take that personally. But what I'm saying is that way of doing business is deadening. It's parasitic. It's antiquated. And it doesn't work. When I sent NPR my interview with Dr. Muhammad Yunus of the Grameen Bank, what needed to happen was NPR needed to get on the phone and they needed to say, look, there's something in this agreement that's so deadening, that's so inappropriate, that's so outrageous, Ms. Greenhouse, that we're asking you to sign that you crossed out two words. Let us go to our legal department and require that they sort this out. But they didn't because that's their standard operating procedure. Sign the parasitic document or you don't get on the air. And I'm saying to you, the public, that the future of broadcasting in a liberation scenario, you have to liberate it contractually. The consciousness directs the contractual part differently. The process is different. The protocols are different. Even the financing of new networks will need to be thought through very differently. There's a reason why I was denied access to the media for five years. Somebody like Oprah is in a position to fund some experiments that are totally worthy of being funded. And it has to do with provisioning a space to find out how to liberate the broadcasting of content from the hold that the advertising milieu has and how we can arrange a scenario where the content is the leader. The leadership is in the space. The advertising flows with the content. We have to also figure out totally different ways to create a matrix of monetization online that is not just donating and advertising, but something else. If you really want to see the liberation of content, it will be financed in a totally different way It will be legally communicated and arranged in a different way. The consciousness starts at hello and a team or several teams will be working through together to finally resolve the concept first of what will it take to free broadcasting from being at the mercy of advertising commitments. The right questions have to be asked. What will it take to protect the producer and hosts and new shows coming in, new content coming into a network, and at the same time to protect the network so that they can come together and talk to each other and attract each other more quickly? That is a totally worthy focus to have for freeing broadcasting and the content world. With millions of people podcasting and grave concern for many people around not only the United States, but around the world for their pocketbooks and what's happening in the economy, there tends to be more fear and concern. People are often very reluctant to release their funds. 
the Oprah Winfrey Network, happens to be OWN. So I understand why she and her significant other came up with own and it clicked. And it's also about owning your power, owning who you are. There's a whole gestalt with that about bettering oneself, owning it. I totally get that. I think that because Oprah is so closely associated with own and it is the Oprah Winfrey Network, it will continue to be built very much based on her branding and persona and calling and still around the Oprah Winfrey gestalt, if you could say, which, by the way, I really enjoy her work. And a lot of people don't and a lot of people do, but I really enjoy her work. But the branding for Oprah Winfrey Network is definitely more sensitive to everything about Oprah. Everything she touches turns to gold, okay? She's got it. And she's really a devoted student, which is one of the things I love about her. And she's a powerhouse. So how many people can even stand as tall as Oprah Winfrey? However, we have to consider what it's going to take to liberate the broadcast media. And part of the problem is that there is too much emphasis in the world on ownership, on territory, on control, to the point that it gets in the way of a lot of people from meeting each other and working together. It actually becomes a problem. Oprah will have her listeners. Obviously, she's also one of the darlings of the entertainment world. She's loved by celebrities. She's loved by the masses. Yes, people have their issues with her, but the point is that people respect her and appreciate what she's done, myself included. I don't know that it's for her necessarily to take a role in liberating broadcasting, but I'd like to put it out there in the world for Oprah Winfrey to hear what I'm saying somehow, some way, and considering what I'm saying and understanding that when you're sitting with that kind of financial capacity, that if you're willing to put teams around the world on this, this could be the breakthrough of so many breakthroughs, so many things that can't get done. This is one of them. The challenges facing Oprah in the advertising side of OWN are faced by everybody who has a network. And so if you're building a network that has a different consciousness, a different point of emphasis, you're building something of distinction. The advertising has to be provisioned to be coherent with your vision. And the question is, if Oprah Winfrey is dealing with those kind of real visceral real in-the-world challenges, even though the money is not the issue, how that works so that it can be its own thing that has a life of its own. How long do you go feeding your own money to keep the network going? Eventually, you want the network to breathe its own life force and be able to roll. I mean, it's still very young. I've thought for years about this. I mean, the fact that my interview with Muhammad Yunus was blocked from the U.S. media for five years, I'm not going to let up on that because it's very significant. And it's significant that a critical mass of networks told me they weren't interested. Now there's online. Many people say the end of television is coming. I don't think the end of television is coming. I think television will be there. Satellite will be there. Radio will be there. Microwave will be there. I mean, everything will still be there. It's just where more people will be spending their time. But the part of all of us that has been trained and indoctrinated by the advertising milieu has to release that advertising hypnosis, total hypnosis, the language of it, the way it works, the way it moves, the way it breathes, because advertising in traditional media has been nothing more than a parasitic 
hypnotic monster that has hypnotized more people subconsciously to buy products they don't want and can't afford. So this is a call for a totally different kind of advertising environment, protocols, processes, advertising, communication, and this is extremely important. We need something totally different. We should not let the J.P. Morgans of the world and the MacArthur Foundation and places like this, you all know what I mean, be our main advertisers. We shouldn't do it. Now, does that mean there's something wrong for people that do it? No. But when you have over a billion dollars, you're in a position to sort this out. Not that if you have money, you can buy answers and solutions, but you can seed them the way very few people will. So if you're into consciousness and conscious awareness, if you're into waking up the public, having people find their strength and their power and their clarity and their gifts and their capacities and moving in the world with them, you can seed this. And through seeding this, through financing this, Meeting these challenges will create the liberation and a totally different industrial complex of broadcasting that has never, ever happened before. I want to invite you all to donate to what we're doing. I want to invite you all with great products, services, and businesses to consider advertising with us. I want to invite you all to comment, to share this, And I want to invite you all to tune in to the video work that we're going to be doing and releasing on YouTube in the next month. Thank you very much. This is Kim Greenhouse. It's rainmaking time.